This is Donnell Davis. Welcome to the Soften Podcast for Divine Feminine Leaders. To soften is to receive fully all of who you are, to own your dark side so it doesn't own you. Your dark is your divinity awakening to radically know yourself. Together, we will restore majesty on this earth. Your queendom awaits. Welcome. I am so excited to connect with you guys. It's 2022. Can you believe it? I cannot even fathom that we are in a new year, but it feels so good. And there's no better way for me to start off this year than to have an incredible guest on that really, I feel like she's a kindred spirit. We're kind of really all about, you know, feminine leadership. So without further ado, I'm going to kind of read a little bit about this amazing, beautiful guest. Okay. I'm going to have on today, Samantha Louise, a leadership cultivator who empowers our future young women leaders to discover a new way to lead using the powers of biological science, epigenetics, whole body wellness, and the power of story to transform their world. Samantha's mission is to help young women design personal ecosystems through biocognition that rewrite society's unwritten roles and cultural expectations so they can become natural born leaders. She holds a master's degree in educational leadership and instructorship in biocognitive science and is pursuing a doctorate in leadership and lead and sorry, learning in organizations. Whew, I can barely spit that out. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so impressed. I was like, Frederica, go, wow, this is so amazing. I mean, I was thinking you're, what does it mean to have an instructorship in biocognitive science? It means that I have learned enough from the Biocognitive Science Institute that now I can teach biocognition myself. Instead of just knowing it, I can actually share it with the world. I love that. Oh my gosh. So everything that you're, you know, we were just talking a little bit um, before this, but what you're doing in the, the uh, body of wisdom that you're bringing to this world just feels so amazing. And um, being that I have two little daughters, a six-year-old and a soon to be nine-year-old and, you know, seeing how leadership and that energy starts so young, but like also, so does the cultural programming. So does um, all these nuanced kind of messages come in from the collective and all these things. And I have noticed, you know, cause I work with adult women. I don't work with kids, but I'm just seeing through the, the microcosm of my own world, uh, how it affects their self-esteem, how already they're talking about these ways of wanting to fit in and do all these, uh, you know, wanting to be accepted and liked and just like how to lead young girls in that when there's so much pressure from society to be a certain way. So I'm just so curious, Samantha, like I know you were saying to me, we were talking about that you lead circle groups for, you know, middle school and high school aged women and like young women, I should say. And what are some of the things that you work with them on to help them with their self-esteem? Yeah, the I, as you're talking, I'm thinking specifically about one girl who just came through a middle school circle. Okay. She is actually a fourth grader, but okay, like, fit the group perfectly, right? She's got the the inner world, the heart of 
Like she's at that point where she's starting to question things, question these rules, question what's being imposed on her. And we had a conversation. It took a couple of evenings to start opening up and build that trust. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll never forget when she said to me, there's a boy on the bus that insulted me. And I said, what did you do? Well, my brother told him that he needed to apologize because that was mean. And I said, how did it make you feel? I had no clue what the kid said to her. Mm -hmm. I just said, how did it make you feel? And she stopped and she kind of got all fidgety. And finally she said, confused. I was so confused. And I said, why? What, What does that mean to you? And she said, I thought I was pretty. I thought I was strong, but now I'm, someone gave me an insult. And eventually later on in the conversation, I said, do you mind sharing what that was? Cause I started talking about when I was growing up, mm-hmm. I was taller than everyone, even the boys. I was bigger than everyone, even the boys. <laughs> I've always been made fun of for being bigger than everyone mm-hmm. and the names that came along with that. And she said, he gave me an insult. He said, I'm fat. So just one single comment, one single world word, and this girl's inner world was tipped upside down. Oh, right. So all of a sudden she goes from like her mom is that like a force to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. You don't mess with her. So she's got this advocate mother who teaches like you're kind to people. You stand up for what's right. Don't back down to mean people Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they probably have a lot of pain in their life so this girl is developing this inner world of understanding compassion and empathy and standing up for what's good but then it comes back directly at her and it was confusion just epic Mm -hmm. confusion right Mm -hmm. and then the question becomes now what who am I yeah how do I respond and how we give away so much of our power in these different circumstances that happen throughout our whole lives. Yeah. Where somebody tells us what they think of us and then maybe we believe it, you know, we don't have that mother or this, like a circle like that you're doing where you can teach them that somebody else's opinion of us is not who we are. But I see even, even in adult women, we're still looking for acceptance and validation in the external world of who we are without trusting the innate wisdom and the gifts and purpose that we have living within us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so much, so much thinking, intellectualizing it instead of feeling it, like you just said, Mm -hmm. right. And then the messages keep coming. So we think more about it instead of feeling, is that me? Is that right? Does that honor me? Mm, Well, so many people have said it, it must be the truth now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. And as far as a, from a feeling perspective, I could imagine for young girls, I know for me, when I was younger, I wasn't, I wasn't taught to trust my feelings. I was, you know, in an enmeshed relationship with my mom. My dad was kind of out of the picture because he was alcoholic. I had a stepdad who was there, but I remember very much, you know, same word confusion, not, not understanding and not really, you know, trusting my own feelings. And so I kind of grew up where that just wasn't the norm. 
And so then you have these kids right now that are super, super empathic, um, that are, that are starting to feel more, but are they trusting their feelings, you know? And so how do you navigate that with these young girls? Yeah. Well, we <laughs> I call it cosmology mapping, right? And Ooh. yeah, like, right. We go into what is cosmology. It's your inner world. What is your inner world mindset? we talk about as like a road mm -hmm. that you might drive through the environment. Your consciousness is the terrain, the mountains, the lakes, whatever it is. So you have this big picture and then we start to create our compass with our morals and our ethics. <laughs> so they start, we start to have conversations about like, what does your consciousness look like? What is, how do you know how you know what you know what a weird question to start talking about with girls but <gasps> yeah. they come back with these like you can sketch you can draw let's start talking and describing what the inside of us is like wow right so like well here's my compass i have faith up here and faith to me really means hope mm -hmm. and over here i have patience and that means slow down because i get angry a lot Mm -hmm. They start to pull apart triggers and they start to pull apart where they feel curious and present and mindful. And they start to actually understand how they're being trained to think or feel a certain way. Ooh. So very, very slowly, one question at a time. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. Wow. I love that. The, how, how did you say it? the cosmology? Yeah. And the whole yeah. idea of the confusion is a cosmology episode. It's okay. where our sense-making process is turned upside down. Everything we thought we knew, the tools that we had, they don't work anymore. Isn't that what's happening also with adults right now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree. I was listening to you going, um, and this is the work of adult women too, and men. Yes. Yes. Right, where there, I have these very powerful women come to me that are running companies and, you know, whatever they're doing, they're entrepreneurs, they're running companies and, uh, they feel a lack of fulfillment yeah. and like something's missing. And then there's aspects of their life that, you know, maybe their marriage isn't where they want it to be. Maybe they're having issues with their children. You know, just there's things in the external world that are reflecting back to them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what I've noticed and what you're kind of speaking to is if we don't have meaning, you know, from our soul, not from our ego, which is what you're talking about of like, we're given this linear path in life to follow. And it's like, you're supposed to do A, B, C, D, and then you're going to be a really good person. If you can achieve and climb the financial ladder and run a company or do whatever it is that you're supposed to do as a woman you know, you're, you're supposed to be, you're going to be happy. And what's really happening is there's quite the opposite. You know, there's a deficit because somewhere along the way, they stop listening to their feelings. Yes. They stop listening to, um, what they really want or actually they maybe never have really truly heard what their soul is trying to tell them about what they really want to do in life. Maybe it's mm -hmm. similar. Mm -hmm. but they ignored that because they're on this linear path. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where we're finding so many women are still at the, um, 
how do I want to say it? Like they're kind of at the mercy of their inner child because their inner child never even got their needs met. And I feel like you're going in right now and you're doing some magical work where you're teaching the child to learn how to navigate the landscape of their mm-hmm. lives in a really embodied way where they're listening to their feelings. They have their morals and values, which is going to turn into their purpose eventually. Yes. You know, this, this compass of like, where am I heading towards in my life? What's my North star? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But adult women and bless our hearts, we've all been there. They're they're not, they haven't been listening to their feelings. Like I was telling you, for me, I never listened to my, I wasn't adept at listening to my own feelings. I was adept at following a certain path. And then one day my life started to fall apart. You know, one day I got sick and, you know, in my thirties, I had my first kind of like dark night of the soul initiation. Right. And it's like, all hell broke loose. Like I was miserable and I was sick and I, but on paper, everything looked amazing. Perfect. Right. It was perfect. And I was living this life that wasn't really mine. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't listen to my own feelings. So they manifested as illness. Yeah. Right. So I know our listeners, you know, probably have had that. Like I, I like to call them initiations. Mm-hmm. It's like literally your soul. It's like a thunderbolt. I feel like coming through mm-hmm. your physical body. And it's yeah. like trying to like shock you awake and like say, yeah. hey, some you're off path. You've forgotten who you really are, or maybe you never even have even figured that out yet. Mm -hmm. So I love what you're doing because you're helping heal. And like, maybe, I don't know, for women, like when you're working with women, because I know you work with women in leadership too. Do you find that you're oftentimes helping them heal their inner child? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going, we're going all the way back to when I was five years old, I remember this one comment that my mother made to me when I was 15, I wanted to try this, but my community made it seem like, you know, the devil, whatever it might be. So it's, I mean, sometimes it's, I'm working with women that are at the quote unquote end of their professional career and they're just finally starting to go, go, uh, go introspective enough to realize that for 40 years, they haven't done a single thing that they ever wanted to do. Wow. You know, yeah. I'm sure you work with women that have the same experiences and instead of their, instead of their sense-making their cosmology episode happening at age 10 with some navigation, it's happening at age 60. Oh, and they feel like they've lived someone else's life like you said yeah or they've been asleep the whole time oh yeah that's that's one of the biggest and 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 that's actually what you're describing right now is what's happening on a collective consciousness level Mm -hmm. right people are waking up Mm -hmm. and it's because there's a catalytic you know event happening and we don't even need to go on that because everybody who's listening will know what i'm talking about (laughs) right but what's what the deeper thing is is when we wake up to who we really are, you know, and, and it doesn't matter what age it is because it's so important that we just wake up. Yes. We just wake up and we go, Oh my God. And I think a key to what you're saying right now, like what I'm feeling inside of me is like, what I want to say to, you know, women that are listening to it, like, if this is you, like, if you're feeling like, 
oh my God, like, have I been living somebody else's life? Like, am I, is this really what I want? Mm -hmm. Don't run from that, right? Don't run from that. Like, it's okay. Like, I think what is so scary for people is they think that their whole, like, they have to throw like a hand grenade into their life and blow it up. And it's going to, in order to make it change. And it's like actually just having the awareness that maybe you're not living your own life is the first step. And then as you go, grow, evolve, and expand your consciousness, you get the tools along the way to make the organic changes necessary to align with your highest path. Yeah. And I I like the grenade. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's perfect for considering, um, like, don't run, don't do that. Just it's okay. You're okay. Right where you are. Cause you acknowledged what's going on, but the grenade, the rebellion, is sometimes then just doing the opposite because you have resentment and anger and rage towards whoever put those messages inside of you in the first place, right? Oh, that's such a good point. So yeah, is it your path? Is it your authentic path? Is it your rebellious path? Or is it that programmed path? Oh my God, what you're kind of saying to me is like you're escaping the programming only to fall on other programming. Mm-hmm. Right, With because your middle sw- finger up. Yeah, because you're yeah, because you're swinging the pendulum, and you're like, "F these people that did." Yeah. I'm just gonna go off the rails and go. But in reality, to do it in a way that you're like, I always say, like, especially with the felt sense, our intuition, it's like we just, it's like we have the awareness, then we make one change, and like the path is lit up, just like a a couple steps in front of us. Mm-hmm. Then we embody that, and then we get the next, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, I have women come to me all the time that are like. I'm unhappy with all these things. Should I just like, you know, kind of like, it's almost like they want to like hit the, um, what's that? I can't even eject button. You know, like, it's like, they want to eject from the situation from the plane or whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, you don't have to like, just exit everything all at one time. You know, it's like, there's, cause that's not emotionally uh, regulated. That's not going to create safety and any change that we're going to have right in our environment. I'm sure you're teaching the young ladies this through all the, biocognitive and epigenetics is we have to feel safe. We can't make changes if we're emotionally, you know, all over the place. You know, we have to learn how to feel safe in our physical bodies. But yeah, I, I say the hand grenade thing because Samantha, when I was um when I was describing that thing in my 30s, I I realized my life wasn't where I wanted to it to be. And instead of just doing it like in like steps, I like literally like detonated a hand, like a grenade and threw it in my life and like cleared out everything yeah. and started a whole new life. But that's yeah. not for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's not for everybody. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So when you work with women leaders that are 60, let's just say, and they're like, oh my God, I haven't been living my own life and I've done it what do you, what do you, how, what do you say to them? Like, how do you start, how do you help them in that situation? Um, it, no matter who I'm working with, I always go to the, like the foundation of biocognition mm-hmm. and why I love this model so much. It's so comprehensive. The founder is Dr. Mario Martinez. And what he did was he brought neuropsychology and neuroscience. Ooh. So what the heck is going on in the brain? Mm-hmm. But then he also brought in psychoneuroimmunology. So how do thoughts and emotions impact biology? Oh, yeah. Then he brought in 
cultural anthropology so that we get the storytelling piece, right? What? I so love that. What, what are the patterns of the culture that you live in? Your family culture, your school culture, your the United States culture, right? Whatever you want to look at, starting to, to identify what's being imposed, mm-hmm. who's feeling othered, where's the alterity, mm-hmm. and then is there any opportunity for, for complicity, for all of us to co-create solutions that are honoring of everyone's needs? Mm. And if not, what's that imposition doing to our thoughts and emotions to then influence the body, right? So we talk about at the center of all of this, um, why another reason I love biocognition so much is that we do like archetypal work. So we stay in that anthropological mindset Mm -hmm. and we talk about, oh, across cultures, across time, what are these core truths and principles that remain at the center of the human experience. Doesn't wow. matter if you're man, woman, child, adult, mm-hmm. we're all going to have these, these core essences that we experience and core truths. Yeah. So we look at archetypal wounds in biocognition. There are three, so shame, betrayal, and abandonment. Mm-hmm. But then we look at healing antidotes, mm-hmm. right? So abandonment is healed with commitment. Betrayal is healed with loyalty. Shame is healed with honor. Mm. And as we get into those stories, the narrative, the cosmology of um, maybe as a child, I was abandoned. I learned that behavior. Now I'm bringing it with me, even though it's dysfunctional. I bring it with me as a way to control my world, to understand my world. Right. So however you were wounded as a child, however culture has taught you these rules to keep you safe, quote unquote, how have you embodied them and now brought them to the places that you work? How are you imposing these wounds onto the people that you're trying to lead? So are you leading out of honor or are you shaming to manipulate and control, but you think that it's functional and effective and productive? But all you're doing is spreading inflammation molecules. <laughs> wow. And triggering chronic disease, right? Wow. So like it's like their trauma adaptation to survive mm-hmm. has created a personality that they believe to be helpful in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But what you're really saying is that personality is coming from the wound, right? They're leading from that ego is what I would kind of like the wounded ego inner child that hasn't healed yet. And when they step into, like you said, loyalty or honor, then they, they create a whole new leadership style. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. And then the, the personality or the identity that you're talking about, the archetype, what's the function of the archetype. So when you're at home, if you happen to be a CEO at work, you go home, are you still CEO archetype? Are you still the visionary? Are you still the controller? <laughs> or do you flip the switch into partner? Do you switch the flip, flip the switch into parent and vice versa? When you go back to work the next day, do you stay in the lover archetype? In which case you have a really strange organizational dynamic because your CEO is acting like a lover instead of a visionary. Wow. 
plus bringing the wounds. Wow. But then all of a sudden it's layered. It gets more complex. And then people wonder why organizational culture is so unhealthy. Wow. How come, right? How come our mission and vision is this? But when you step into the space, it feels like this. Wow. So how did, okay. So you're saying the different roles we play, right? So we show up, at, you know, the lever going to work or the CEO going home and being the CEO of the home. Mm-hmm. When it comes to being authentic to ourselves, because I really want to understand this, because I feel like sometimes, you know, I, I say to myself, I want to be congruent in all aspects of my life. But I, I think this is different than congruency, right? This is kind mm-hmm. of like a, a role. Like if we're in our masculine more at work, mm-hmm. but then we come home and we have a partner who is in their masculine, right? We don't want to necessarily take that mask and see old part of ourselves and bring it right home and show up in that way and start bossing around. You know what I mean? Like yeah. kind of like going I, that that's like a whole nother conversation into polarities, but I, I just want you to speak to that. Like, what does that look like? What does that mean? You know, to like mm-hmm. not bring because I have I am I have this client. I remember working with her, and that was one of the things we talked about. It's like she runs a huge nonprofit organization, she's a big CEO. Mm-hmm. And then she comes home and she's doing it to her husband. And yet she found that her relationship life with her husband, her marriage was suffering. And she felt like he wasn't masculine enough and he wasn't like pulling the weight and he wasn't doing all these different things. And I said, well, you're not even giving him a chance to be in his masculine. Like you're taking that role home and being that, and you can, you don't have to do that necessarily. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to share an invitation to work with me like my high-end clients do for a fraction of the investment. I have a beautiful monthly membership portal called Soul Lab. It's a place to expand an embodiment through connecting your body and soul to ignite your intuition and connection with source. This opportunity is $44 a month. Yes, $44. What will you receive? Two live events each month. One is a wisdom chat with a frequency activation, which is essentially a channeled meditation with quantum healing, and also a new moon webinar where we go deep into cosmic awareness and intention setting. I don't need to convince you to join. Your soul will know. So click the link below, and I can't wait to see you in there. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, this is... I think so interesting and very controversial because (laughs) women in leadership roles in a, in an organizational leadership role get there because they're strong, because they're powerful, because a lot of times they're loud, right? They can dominate conversation. They're smart, whatever it is, but there has been a stripping of womanhood. Yes to learn how to be a masculine leader, Mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's not about, um, has nothing to do with identity, with preferences, with orientation. Mm -hmm. It has to do with the essence of what's inside of you. And if you are woman, then by denying your womanhood and taking on manhood leadership, (laughs) you start to change what's happening biologically. You don't think the way that you normally would because you're denying your own personal truth, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because leadership models are built based off of men, primarily because men have primarily been in those roles, 
mm-hmm. um, there's not only the structure of pushing women into more masculine thinking, more masculine actions, um, but also, of course, just the culture of it all. So it's the the explicit, if you want to be a good leader, you have to talk a certain way, you have to dress a certain way, you have to stand a certain way. If you're a woman, be careful if you wear those shoes to do your presentation. Be careful if you wear your hair that way, or you wear your blouse that looks like that, you know, Mm -hmm. or you should wear a certain thing to get a certain reaction out of people. That's right. That's a whole different, whole different topic, but yes, (laughs) but it's about how do you, how do you know your womanhood? And it's not the same for any of us. Right. How do you deny your womanhood? Mm-hmm. What are the lies you're telling yourself to believe that you're in line with it? <laughs> and what are you too afraid to step into? Yeah. If you're, right. If you're denying your womanhood, what are you not letting yourself be or feel or do? Who else are you hurting? Yeah. You know, when you're saying this, I, I, part of the realization I'm having is that when I was in my thirties and I threw the hand grenade in my life, it was because I was in a career and used to be in pharmaceutical sales and management. And when I was in that career, I, I felt like I had to compete like a man. I had to, and yeah. I, 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 it made me so sick because I was going against my, my true nature and essence mm-hmm. and the evolution that was years ago. Um, but when I started to embrace my femininity, and realize that that's like my core, you know, I'm very, like, I'm very feminine. And um, I realized there was a whole new way to do business. There was a whole new way yeah. to be me and to accept myself fully and, and, and step more into my leadership because being a leader, you know, a true leader really is, is, you know, probably I would say operating from our full essences, mm-hmm. right. Versus yeah. when we suppress this part of me so I can fit into this cultural norm Yes. And be on this linear program path that everybody expects me to be on. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot of bravery and courage because it might mean that we um, feel like we're rebelling against society. Mm-hmm. And I bet that's what you're seeing even in these young girls right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And also a very interesting option or invitation mm-hmm. for girls to step into anger and I know this will, some people won't like this, but angry, angry feminism, Mm -hmm. as opposed to powerful, strong womanhood and femininity, Mm -hmm. right? So are you angry? Are you an angry woman who is against anything that is masculine? Oh yeah, that's. Or are you a powerful woman who can see the difference, right? You can see that there are some men out here to empower us too. Oh yeah. But I mean, there are men and women both who aren't women who eat women, right? Yes. There's the wounded, <laughs> there are. The wounded feminine and there's women. Yeah. Like one of my biggest things is cultivating community within women and like getting yeah. rid of the competitive edge. Cause yes. you know, we've, yeah, we've lost it. I'm sure archety- archetypally and in the past, our ancestors and all that kind of stuff, like we used to have circles, you know, mm-hmm. we used to, women would come together and be together in community and support each other when people had babies and mourn when somebody was lost, you know, there's all these things. And yeah, I mean, it's so interesting because that angry 
feminism, right? And I, I, I'm sure I'll trigger some people by saying this is if we're going to change the world, we need to be really mindful of our frequency. So I'm all about energy, you know, yeah. and, it, and um, when we're angry and we're fighting something with anger, we are naturally going to attract in, you know, we're vibrational. It's like vibrational resonance. You're going to attract in a lot of that kind of stuff. If you're looking for all the injustices, mm-hmm. you know, he's focusing on what's going wrong and like how men are this or that or whatever. It's almost like you're going to get proof of that. You know, the universe works in that way that it's going to bring you those, you know, a lot of examples of what that could be like for you versus yeah. I want to focus on how I can be, like you said, strong and empowered women who, who are looking and anticipating for the masculine to be at their highest too, cultivating a a family, a community, um, a world where that is more the norm versus Mm -hmm. the angry Mm -hmm. energy. And that is so important right now too, for the divisiveness Mm -hmm. that is occurring on our planet. You know, people are angry and they're frustrated and they're all these things. And yet they're going about it in a way that like, if we could just embrace, you know, like the higher vision yeah, energy of that. Right. Yeah. And I think like you're saying the, the anger needs to be felt. Of course. Hold on one second. Sorry. Anger is definitely, it has its powerful place. Like I believe anger, I, I let myself feel anger for sure. I um, went through some bouts of it in the last couple of years when I was leaving a long-term nine-year relationship. And I remember anger was one of my indications that I was not operating within my boundaries. And I think anger does have a, there's a healthy place for sacred rage. You know, we have to feel that sacred or holy rage, whatever you want to call it, because it's in, it's, it's in, to me, it's indicative of where we're not in our boundaries and where we're, where we need change within our lives, but to live in it is to cause, is it, you know, causes a lot of suffering. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I was going to say the righteous anger. Yeah. Like you just said, right. Yeah. yeah. If, if injustice is being done, if innocence is being harmed, yes. Get mad. Yeah. Cause that's what should happen. A hundred percent. Um, but letting it linger that doesn't take us anywhere. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Keep the focus. Yeah. So you're teaching these young girls that it's okay to feel mm-hmm. anger and how to channel it into, into yeah. probably change. Right. Yeah. And take it to, take it to the right places. Right. If, if, um, if you're mad at your little sister, don't turn and swing at your mom, <laughs> you know, identify the feeling, mm-hmm. take a breath, Mm-hmm. And then what do you want to do with it? Yeah. You no. Know, what do you want to do with the anger right now? Do you want to stay angry for forever? Do you like to be mad at your little sister? Do you like to be yelling with your brother for a little kid? Right. But then yeah. take it to the workplace. Do you enjoy feeling that all the time? If not, what are you going to do? Set a boundary, get a new job. Yeah. You have choices. Yeah, but that that's another part of this whole conversation of there are more choices. Like we said before, there's the choice of what is expected, the choice of rebel or the choice of your heart. Yeah. And I think that 
embracing that there's a new way, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think so many of us want this scripted kind of controlled life because yeah. it makes us feel like, okay, that way I have certainty. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm teaching right now, what I really feel like we're moving into is um, embracing the unscripted life for leadership, which unscripted to me means kind of like you have an idea of where you want to go. It's not like you're not like intentional. You're very intentional. Like I want to do this and I want to show up in these ways, but you also realize that there's a little bit of room for surrender, which allows for grace. So to me, like just from a quantum physics perspective, right. You were like at a certain frequency. We want to be intentional with how we feel day to day. And we're going to attract in the highest opportunities. Mm -hmm. So you may want a certain job, or a certain situation to happen. And that's great, but something even better may come along, you know, mm-hmm. but being very intentional. And I think being a leader, and I'm just so curious what you think about this, being a leader means that we get to embrace the fact that we get to hold ourselves and lead ourselves. That's what you're teaching these young girls. Yes. That's exactly what you're teaching them. Like you have the power within you to co-create a life beyond your dreams when you learn how to have emotional resiliency. Yes. And how absolutely. to take care of your physical body based on the thoughts and feelings that you have. Yeah. And yes. that's when we can live an unscripted life. That's when we can have unpredictability. Um which I think when I say that, I feel like people are listening to me what might say like unpredictability doesn't feel good. But like, I, I actually would say, does it really feel good to like look at your life 10 years from now and have this like predictable outcome, which means like you have no room for miracles and grace. It's just like, you're kind of like, this is how my life's going to be because I'm going to stay the same and I'm going to do these things and I'm going to stay in control. Yes. Boring. Like, so we have to learn how to navigate uh these like the unpredictable times and and realize that chaos bursts innovation and harmony and all these things and you're teaching these girls like how to do that yeah I I really appreciate the unscripted life that that sense of words and definitions are very very important right because words language that's it's the symbolism that we live by yeah. But a lot of times, I think, especially right now, words are being like, like there's this monopoly on truth, right? A certain uh-huh. word means a certain thing. And if you don't believe it, then you're bad. Mm-hmm. Instead of what's the root of this word? What's the essence of this word? What is my truth? My truth is different than your truth. And because of that, we can have, we can have the same understanding or foundation of leadership is the perfect word, right? Leadership, there's like, there's no definition for it. I'm amazed in school right now, we're talking about how do you define leadership? Well, in the dictionary, it says to take an organization from point A to point B and meet its goals. Interesting. And we're all like, that's not leadership at all, Mm-mm. right? Because leadership is about personal life too. Yeah. To lead your best life, to be your best self, to inspire people, to find meaning. A hundred percent. Because I say this in my business all the time. If we can't lead ourselves, how do we lead others? And that's exactly what you were, you know, speaking to is that, you know, the people that are unhealed, or I I actually don't want to even use that word. They're still in their wounding. It's not that they're unhealed because healing to me is just coming back home to ourselves. But let's just say they haven't worked that wound yet. 
-hmm. It's in their unconscious. It's in their blind spots and they're showing up in a certain way. And so they're not leading themselves just yet because they haven't done they haven't done the time, you know, of just sitting with that uncomfortable aspect of themselves, right? Because it, it is, it's not fun sometimes to like see our darker sides, you know, the darkness that is within us, but it is the exact thing that sets us free, mm-hmm. you know? So I love what you're saying is like leading, leading is, I, I really believe it's, it's, it's coming into congruency of our heart being integral with others and, and being fulfilled in our purpose. Yeah. I'm, I love that you referenced the dark night of the soul earlier because on, on this path of spirituality, (laughs) I've reconnected with not religion as the Mm -hmm. rules of the church. Right. But as like, where did I grew up in a Lutheran church? Okay. And I was, I just loved it. I love to be in the sanctuary. I love the stained glass windows. I love the music. Yeah. So epigenetically, mm-hmm. like that's where I come from, right? So I've started to look at who are the Christian mystics? Oh yeah. What were they teaching about spirituality? Not about the rules of what some guys wrote down on paper to follow, mm-hmm. right? And, and I came across, um, a group of women called the Beguines or the Beguines, depending on where you're from. But it was these women who said, um, we don't want to be married, but we also don't want to be nuns. There's no other option for us because it's the medieval times. So what do we do? So they started their own communities and said, we're just going to live here. We're going to build schools. We're going to build hospitals. We're going to build community we can read the Bible to people. We can teach each other what life is. We can explore who we are together, but we don't have to do it under the pathway of A or B, Mm. right? So that long, like for this long, women have been trying to do this and they've constantly been pushed back, Mm -hmm. burned at the stake. (laughs) It doesn't matter which, which religion, which spiritual philosophy you come from. It's been seeking truth, trying to get out from under the imposition of the inquisition for thousands of years. And here we are, like, I, like you said before, there's this huge shift happening right now where people have had enough. Oh yeah. There's like a, there's a new awakening happening, right? Yep. There is. And, and, and you, in what you're just saying, like, that is like those big guys or however you said the, mm-hmm. the, they, they were living the unscripted life. That yeah. wasn't the norm. They decided to create something totally new. They innovated yeah. and found a way to change their communities, which is what I think the future of leadership is asking for us. That's what I'm so curious, you know, mm-hmm. What do you believe is the future of leadership right now? Like, what would you love to see? Like where, like your mission obviously is to heal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you would call it heal, but like bring leaders into wholeness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially in starting with the young girls and their self-worth and self-esteem. But like, what is your vision for the future? My vision for the future is all about understanding and honoring differences so implicitly yeah. right implicitly <laughs> with like the not even having language for it necessarily what are 
the different needs that we have in our communities? And how do we heal leaders in order to revive systems for what they were made for, right? Education is not educating kids right now. Mm -hmm. It's programming them. It's telling them what they should think, how they should feel about certain topics, leaving some stuff out, not allowing them to holistically explore every aspect of themselves. It's not learning. It's programming. So yes, you're right. Perfect I example, agree. right? Mm -hmm. The leaders in education are trying their best to just stick stick with regulations, mandates, everything piling up, nothing being taken away so that they can breathe. <laughs> they can't see through all of it because there's so much sitting in front of them and on top of them and yeah, not enough people that are willing to say, hey, this is messed up. Yeah. Kids are being hurt instead of developing. That's exactly what I have been witnessing and seeing mm -hmm. even with my own daughters. And I, I, um, I want to push for this education system to, to shift. And I, I, you know, and it's like, it's, it's hard. Cause sometimes as I, I consider myself a leader and I go, well, God, where do I begin with all this? And I think sometimes it's just speaking my truth but honoring other people, you know, where they're at, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. There's just the edu education is just not, mm -hmm. it's not, um, the, the programming is insane mm -hmm. and we need, you know, I think to what you're saying for the future, like we need the, um, we need kids to be critical thinkers. We need to and teach feelers. them. Yeah. yeah. And feelers, right? Yes. 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 And to, to not, you know, to succumb to everything that is being told to them, you know? And, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just, I love it. I love what you're doing. I love your mission. And, you know, my, I, I often think too, is like my, my vision as well for future leadership, especially for women is that they understand that they could lead from their feminine essence. You know, of course they're going to have that masculine in them as well, but having it be a really beautiful blend and balance within themselves. And it doesn't mean 50, 50, but just, you know, that they honor whatever that feels for them. Cause it's going to be very, you know, different and unique to each person Yeah, that, that they're willing to speak up and be in their truth so that we can see like what you're saying, the education system and different things change because this is happening because everything needs to change. You know, like this, this consciousness, uh, you know, game here, spirituality game is, is really about how do we do better, you know, and, and letting go of the past. Like we all are so rooted in the past and the past is, you know, a great reference point for where we've been. It's a raw material for what we use to create the future, but the future is asking us to like, like what you talk about epigenetics to change. Yeah. And sometimes I think the world is begging for us to change, not back to what we've come from, but to get back in touch with the, like I said before, with the essence, like oh, you're saying, point. right? Yeah. Strip back all the junk that's been yeah. put on you. Yeah. Get rid of who program. you are and then just be that. And lead from there. Because if you know, yeah, yeah if you yeah. know what your, your essences are, your soul essences. And then if you know what your purpose is, then, and you start to build a life around that, mm -hmm. you're going to radiate. 
yeah. you're going to magnetize towards you to you opportunities and your purpose doesn't need to be what you do for a living per se right. but it can be infiltrated with that energy yeah and then the things that aren't aligned with your essences and your purpose start to fall away and yes. it's not it doesn't have to be some big thing but like if we all were to step towards that direction of knowing ourselves and loving ourselves yeah giving that to our children we're gonna have a different world i mean i know you and i are like let's do it yeah <laughs> and the beauty of your podcast just the word soften if you fight any of this it's only going to get worse yeah. if you feel yeah. the pain the struggle that you're not in tune with your purpose and your truth if you fight it it's like it'll be painful but when you soften into it you'll get into the pain and then know how to get back out of it like mm. like the dark night of the soul you can see the darkness you go into it you know how to navigate out now yeah. instead of perpetuating the fight and the push and the lack of patience yes oh my let it God. be right just let it be and feel your way through it your intuition yeah. will guide you yeah be with the isness of your life and trust mm -hmm. that you have all the the tools and different things and if you don't have the tools that's where you can find samantha and i you know to help you navigate yeah. these things because that's what we both do but samantha tell them you know, where they can find you, you know, like on social media or what your website is and just like a little bit of the, like what, what your, your current offerings are right now. I'd yes, absolutely. So the easiest way to get to me is my website, which is Samantha Louise.co. Okay. And at my website, you can find LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, but you can also find the middle school girls circle called brave girl that's branded. <laughs> Uh, warrior heart, which is for high schoolers all about how do you navigate school relationships and whatever you're going to do next, because who knows. And then for women developing womanhood in leadership is the circle that I have for adults that I'm co facilitating right now so. Mm, I love yeah. it. Is that it is your um are your is your work online like the is the the junior high and the or the middle school and the is that online circles yeah everything's virtual okay that's incredible yeah. oh my god i cannot wait to get my daughter into your circle because that this is exactly like i try and teach her these things but there's nothing like having somebody outside of yeah. you know mom teaching her these things and and cultivating you know our legacy as our children it's, it's, it's these kids that are going to help us change and awaken and continue to do all the beautiful things on the planet. But so thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for being on this uh, episode today. And I'm just, I, I just love this conversation and I hopefully, you know, what it can open up for our listeners today, you know, where they can really see how they can step more into their own leadership. So um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining me today and if you enjoyed this episode please share it with your friends share the love and stay luminous and brave until next time this is donnell with soften podcasts